Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All right, welcome to Market View. It's Market Wrap of the Week. And before I invite Amelia Tan from the SGX on, let's just take a quick look at how shares are faring at the moment. Taking a look at the SGX website, the Straits Times Index is up by 0.5% at 3,221 points. Advancers are well leading the pack. Advancers at 323 with decliners at 189 after 747 million securities worth 360 72 million Singapore dollars chain chance so far. Now, without further ado, let's invite Amelia Tan, who's a research analyst at the SGX on. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Hongbin. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, Amelia, it looks like the STI opened higher today. How has the STI performed this past week? You're right. This morning, SCI opened higher, about 0.2% higher than yesterday's close. Mm. In fact, in the morning session, SCI was up half a percent, and I think it ended the first half of the day at 3,223 points. Mm-hmm. So far, Asian markets generally gained after Wall Street's overnight gains also, as oil prices and treasury yields retreated a little bit. Actually, up to Thursday evening, SCI was pretty flat over the week, mm. while Asian markets declined close to about 1.4%, led by Hong Kong, Australia and Japan. Asian markets generally were quite mixed this week, largely in the red, perhaps also you know, ahead of the quiet economic calendar and also with China going into Golden Week holidays from today. And earlier in the Thursday trade, we saw U.S. stock futures uh, fall as we head towards the end of this quarter. That being mm-hmm. said, a couple of things to look out for next week. Okay, okay. So who would you say are were the biggest movers of the STI this week? Right. So this week in the STI, quite mixed trading that we've seen in the benchmark so far with about 13 gainers and also 17 decliners this mm-hmm. week. Some of the outperformers of the STI were Hong Kong Land, Thai Beverage and also Jardine Cycle and Carriage. They've averaged about 3 to 4% gains and also recorded net insti buys exceeding about 12 million this week. Mm. On the other hand, the underperformers, some of them, they were Venture Corp, Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust as well as Maple Tree Pen Asia Commercial Trust, declining about averages 4 to 5% decline. Mm. Now, from a fund flow perspective, we saw DBS, OCBC, they've drove... The inflows this week with over $93 million worth of instant net buys into the market. Mm, Okay, okay. And this week, we also saw the listing of TSH Resources Barhad on the SGX. How significant is this listing and what can we expect, you know, how can we expect shares to perform? Yeah, so TSH listed on the SGX mainboard early on Tuesday, just to share a little bit. It's primary listed in Busan, Malaysia. So it's a secondary listing here in Singapore. It's got a market cap of over $400 million and it's one of Malaysia's leading plantation groups which focuses on cultivating and processing fresh fruit bunches into crude palm oil as well as palm kernel. The company is headquartered in KL but they've got oil palm plantations, palm oil mills in Sabah, Malaysia as well as two in Indonesia. Mm. TSH has over about two-thirds of its revenue from customers outside of Malaysia and about 60% of its assets also outside of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. The group, actually, what's interesting is that they have a joint venture with Wilma to support Wilma's upstream activities in Sabah, mainly the refining of crude palm oil and 
palm kernel crushing. Mm-hmm. Aside from plantations, actually, the group is also open to businesses in solar energy and decarbonisation of its forestry assets. Okay, okay. And one big headline this week is, you know, the focus on oil prices. I mean, just yesterday, Amelia, the US mm-hmm. oil benchmark briefly surged to $95 a barrel. In fact, West Texas Intermediate touched the highest level since August last year. Did that have an impact on Singapore shares as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oil has climbed back to almost $100 levels again. Mm. And the recent spike in oil prices was also because of Russia and Saudi Arabia's announcement that they're going to extend production cuts through to 2023. Mm-hmm. And according to the International Energy Agency, the extension of output cuts will lock in a substantial market deficit going into the fourth quarter of this year. Mm. Not just that, right? Oil demand has also remained resilient despite a global slowdown overall. Mm. And the agency also said that demand is on track to grow further, especially with China's reopening, which has caused an increase in oil consumption. Mm -hmm. And because of this, it has pushed oil inventories to a 13-month low in August this year. Mm -hmm. So in short, growth in oil demand exceeded the increase in supply, hence pushing up overall prices. And it definitely had an impact on Singapore shares, especially companies within the industry. Mm, I see, I see. Then what are the companies here in Singapore that have benefited from the higher oil prices? That would be companies in the oil and gas export exploration and production, mm-hmm. as well as the offshore marine services, which have benefited. For example, Citrium, they reported strong order wins mm. of over $4.3 billion in the first half of this year alone. Its net order book now is at an all-time high of almost $20 billion. And I mm. think Citrium also announced they recently signed the letter of intent with with Shell for a new project at the US Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Not just that, we saw active trade, you know, more trading activity in other related names in the oil and gas space like Dynamac, mm-hmm. Marco Polo Marine, Rex International, and also our Thai SDR, PTT Exploration and Production. Now, PTT, just to share a little bit, mm-hmm. it's the largest oil and gas exploration company in the whole of Southeast Asia. It's got a market cap of $25 billion. And for them, their average selling price of its oil units rose over 20% to now 53 US dollars per barrel with the increase in oil prices. The SDR for PTTEP actually has been posting consecutive positive monthly returns since mm. the SDR started to trade on SGX in May up till now. And this particular one, PTTEP, has been attracting most activities across the three, um, averaging about 360,000 on a daily a volume basis mm. and the SDR in fact yesterday doubled in terms of trading activity and traded at a range of about 1.7% range tracking some of the oil price movements. Okay, okay. And now I want to move on to some economic news. Out of Singapore this week, we had Singapore's factory output and that fell 12.1% year on year in August and it's contracting at a faster rate than back in July and it's it was largely dragged down by a large decline in electronics output. Mm -hmm. Amelia, what does this tell us about, you know, Singapore's economy? Could we expect any rebound this year? Mm -mm. So, August's decline was the 11th month of consecutive declines for industrial production. Actually, it also mirrors the weaker Nordic's exports data that we saw last week. Mm -hmm. And much of the declines were driven by electronics, which accounts for about 45% of our total Singapore output. And that declined about 20% year on year. Mm. Now, 
for the second half of this year, given the challenging environment, right, manufacturing recovery might be gradual. Challenges and risks also from the geopolitical tensions continue to remain and any change or impact could disrupt supply chains. Mm-hmm. And analysts see that the three-month moving average trend shows that electronic slump has potentially likely to have bottomed out. Okay. But the persistent weakness, weakness in manufacturing could see overall Singapore GDP to soften. In fact, our government in, in August, they've also downgraded their growth forecast for 2023 to between 0.5% and 1.5% amid weaker outlook for the manufacturing sector. I see, I see. And also to kickstart this week, we saw Singapore's inflation numbers, where headline inflation slipped to 4% on year from July's 4.1%. And that's account of, you know, drops in core and accommodation inflation, which more than offset private transport inflation's increase. Was this in line with your expectations? Actually, the inflation numbers for August also rose at a slower pace for mm. the fourth straight month. Headline inflation was low at 4%. Core inflation dropped to 3.4%. Mm-hmm. Core inflation was actually nearly in line and in fact lower than the 3.5% median forecast that okay. analysts were actually expecting based on a Bloomberg poll. Mm-hmm. Now, MES and MTI, they also expect core inflation to further moderate over the next few months mm. as imported costs stay low versus last year. But of course, just to highlight, right, they've also mentioned some of the upside risks to inflation, Mm -hmm. fresh shocks to global food prices and also the more persistent than expected labour market. And not to mention what we talked about earlier on global Mm -hmm. energy prices. That would also be another one to sort of look out for. And not forgetting, right, next year GSC is going to go up by another 1% a year. So analysts are expecting that potentially would have an impact on consumer prices. Uh, I see, I see. But, you know, we have another meeting from the MAS in October. Mm -hmm. What can we expect then from the MAS? Would you expect them to extend its pause on monetary tightening? Actually, many of our local economists are expecting MAS to stick to the status quo at the upcoming October Mm -hmm. policy meeting. The official full-year inflation estimates still remain unchanged, Mm -hmm. even though MAS and MTI, they've made several changes to their inflation Mm -hmm. outlook. One difference is private transport over there. Inflation is expected to pick up in the near term because of the strong demand for cars, although Mm -hmm. it was previously expected to moderate slightly, especially with the increase in COE quotas. Mm -hmm. Another one we talked about was the surge in oil prices. It's a new upside risk. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll wait for more colour in next month's meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And finally, to now more of a global picture here, a government shutdown over in the U.S. is looking increasingly likely to begin this Sunday. And this is a development that has been rattling some investors. Okay, so Amelia, Mm. if this happens, if a government shutdown does happen, how will markets react? And can we expect more turmoil in markets next week? It's expected um, the U.S. government could face a shutdown starting uh, Sunday midnight, Mm -hmm. especially if Congress fails to reach an agreement on a new funding bill. And this is because some Republicans are demanding deep cuts in the Mm -hmm. U.S. government spending, but Democrats as well as President Joe Biden oppose those cuts. Mm -hmm. And if the government does shut down, we're seeing about 4 million federal employees, contractors that could go on without salaries, right? And that could amount to nearly 1.9 billion US dollars mm. per day lost in, day, in delayed revenue, according to Bloomberg's calculations. Mm-hmm. But the impact on this of this onto global markets isn't expected to bring immediate effect okay. or financial turmoil like investors had 
previously braced for when mm-hmm. the, the chance of US defaulting on government debt was looming. Mm. Although experts also did say that it has contributed to S&P's over 5% dip so far this oh, month. Okay. But a shutdown could disrupt could disrupt and have a big impact on the US economy over time. Mm. Especially as US confidence in terms of consumer spending is slumped to a four-month low in September mm-hmm. at a time when Fed seems to be on a rate for higher for longer interest rates. Right. And Bloomberg Economics, uh, Bloomberg Economics, they've also forecast that for every week into a government shutdown, mm. the US GDP's annualized growth will be impacted by mm. 0.2 percentage points each week. So the longer it, it takes, the further the impact will be, yeah. not just federal employees that are affected. Yeah, I see, I see. Well, other than the US government shutdown, Emilia, what else should investors look out for next week? A few things look uh, coming out of the US scheduled for release next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, job openings for the month of August, factory orders, trade deficits, uh, nationwide unemployment rates. Mm. Not just that, three central banks in Asia Pacific, India, Australia, New Zealand are also expected to release their rate decisions, although they're all expected to hold their benchmark interest rates steady. Mm. Over the weekend, China's PMI data is also going to be released mm. um, and Refinitiv you know, estimates that it points to the government survey for factory activity turning over to an expansionary reading after being in contraction in August. Mm -hmm. Some other indicators also suggest that perhaps China's economy is starting to gain momentum in recent weeks. Now, drawing back into the Singapore market, we're expected to see private residential home prices Mm -hmm. come out. PMI retail sales data coming out next week. Not just that, we've got two companies that have also lodged preliminary offer documents for Catalyst listings. We'll look out for that. There are a lot to look out for once again. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amelia, for your time and your insights today. Thanks, Hongbin. Thank you. We've been speaking with Amelia Tan, who is a research analyst at SGX. I'm Hongbin Jung, and this has been Market Wrap of the Week on Market View. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.